This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael here with you in the studio with Pastor Craig Jarvis, and uh, we are here to tackle some questions on anxiety, um, specifically questions that came out of um, our sermons that we both preached a couple weeks ago from the Sermon on the Mount. Here's what came from a parent, and just I love the question um, that they're asking. My high school-aged son struggles with anxiety. He isn't on medication yet, but it is a constant battle. He was in the sermon last week and left feeling, quote, doomed and helpless, like his anxiety will prohibit him from going to heaven. Your advice is appreciated. So our question for the day is, will my anxiety prohibit me from going to heaven? Can I just process on my end? I'm pretty sure this probably came from Bartlett because people don't leave your sermons feeling doomed. That's typically my They my feel sermons. very refreshed, yes. fulfilled, yes. Built up, encouraged, yes. life change, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know what's going on over Bartlett. I don't know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I asked a couple people because of this. I said, I think just candidly, was I a little too— It's a good question. Too really, heavy, you know, honest, on this? Yeah, honestly, good question. I'll tell you their feedback. And again, they could be lying to me. My my wife was one of them. And and, and anyway, so— Your wife lies to you? <laughs> what? <Yes. laughs> what? Do you want to scratch that? <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, but I asked a couple people, and I, I said, was I too hard, you know? Um, and, th- and their answer was, no, not, not at all. But— but if you're already this anxious, it doesn't matter what's preached to a degree. Um, your anxiety does not allow you to necessarily hear accurately. The more you say, don't be anxious, and you're an anxious person, the, the more, more anxious, anxious you, you get. get. Yeah, that's really hard. So I, I, I want to punt this to you. You, got, you have this parent, and they love their son. And uh, their son seems to just, I mean, some people come out of the womb anxious, you know? Mm-hmm. How do you counsel the son. Like, forget about the parent for a moment. You sit down with the son and they're just, you know, I don't know if I'm going to go to heaven. Because what we did clarify, and I'm sure you did at East, is that almost always anxiety is a sin. It's not like in heaven, we don't have anxiety, mm-hmm. you know? Um, anxiety is a symptom of a whole lot of other things that have kind of gone awry spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, all this stuff. But what do you say to this kid who's desperately concerned that they he, he's, he may not go to heaven? Well, I would identify, first of all, why we would say anxiety is a sin, Mm -hmm. because that sounds really heavy-handed, especially if you haven't been through the conversation in church, and this is brand new. You're thinking to yourself, well, that's a really rigid church. Anxiety would be defined, I think, by Jesus as a sin, uh, because he says constantly, don't be anxious. He gives a big— Four times in that that text, do not be anxious, do not be anxious. Big chunk. Let me read for you a passage right out of this chunk in Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, don't be anxious. He starts the process that way. And then he says in verse 31, uh, Matthew 6, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So there's a couple of interesting things here. First of all, anxiousness is something that attacks us all. It's not abnormal. But it definitely can become abnormal if we cater to it, if we allow it to control us. And so Jesus is saying, your anxiousness can take your heart away from what's important, and that is trusting God and believing that he is your heavenly father and knows your needs. So stop worrying about stuff he knows you need. He's too loving to leave you on your own. 
And no matter what you're going through, even if it's a tough time, he's right there with you. He'll walk alongside of you. He's closer than a brother. He's called your heavenly father because he takes care of you better than your earthly father. All these things. So your anxiousness really questions the character of God. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. That's like saying, can you just call this out for a moment? Hey, son, does your anxiety cause your dad to stop loving you or your mom? Right. No? Well, God is infinitely better. Infinitely. So what view of God do you have that he's so trite that your anxiety, as as offensive as it even might be, would ever cause it an amazing, perfect dad to stop loving you? He will not forget about you. Like that in and of itself. And again, you know, if you're filled with anxiety and you hear this, you're like, oh, no, I'm so terrible. I had this bad view of God. He must be even more upset with me. You're kind of missing the heart of a dad. Well, I think that is the missile that Satan will use, especially if you're given to anxiousness. The missile that he'll use is he'll make you more anxious by making you anxious about being anxious. And when he does that, it will attack you by taking all of your attention off all of the things that really matter. And you will stop seeking the kingdom of God first. That is the point of Jesus Christ. Satan will use this as a tool against you. It doesn't mean you're less of a person. It just means you need to call a spade a spade. You need to say, this is the tool Satan's using to take my mind off of trusting God and seeing him as my gracious, loving, heavenly father. And again, it's, I understand that the difficultness of, of hearing that I'm claustrophobic. And if you put me in a small space and say, hey, Craig, just don't be claustrophobic, I'm going to say, you're insane. You have no idea what I'm going through. You can't identify with this because when I get into a small space, it affects me physically. Yeah. I, I sweat. I, had I shake. two MRIs in the last oh, two weeks. The worst. I was I, I was thinking about you because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I got in. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, look at this thing. I have no anxiety, no emotions, no sweat. And I thought to myself, how dysfunctional must Craig be? <laughs> He's... <laughs> If he gets into Very this dysfunctional. Thing, he just starts sweating. I'm like, what small space were you abused in? <laughs> I, I know. I'm really screwed like, up. Were you put like were you abused by being put into a small cage? I have no as idea. As a child, you know, like it's like, I don't there's know. gotta be a like there's gotta be a point of reference where like something happened in a small space, you know. Possibly. But, but you blocked it out to protect your mind. I think this is an emotional thing that can become a physical thing. So I understand for anybody that's hearing us say, hey, just stop being anxious. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is Point it out for what it is. Anxiousness takes your mind off of who God really is. Don't let it happen. Remind yourself constantly that he loves you. Go to the scripture. Run to people that are constantly affirming the fact that God is gracious. He has your best intentions at heart. He'll take care of you, but he'll stick closer than you than a brother. He intervenes. If he gave you a son, how much more will he not give you all things? Romans chapter 8. God's got this. Then I would take them directly to Philippians 4 and verse 4. Attack anxiousness with an attitude of rejoicing, because he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. He's near to you. Do not be anxious about anything. Mm. A reiteration of the Sermon on the Mount, what Jesus said, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, here's the contrast, by prayer and supplication, and don't forget, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and trust him because the peace of God will then surpass all understanding and guard your hearts and your minds. The two places anxiousness will hit you is in your head and in your heart, in your thoughts and in your emotions. Mm. Run to prayer, rejoice, give thanks, and rely on the fact that God has got this. Yep. I've never met someone who's anxious who 
wants to stay anxious. Yeah, for sure. But anxiety, like all sin, um, it, it sticks to you. It's like Velcro, you know, yeah. like it wants, you know, so even like... It's a missile. Yeah, even the things that you know you should do to overcome it, the sin itself, it lessens your desire to do those things to protect itself. It's really power. It's just a powerful thing. Like I almost imagine sometimes that certain sins have personalities of their own. For example, um, you want to trust God. You want to, you know, like have confidence in what he's, what he's going to do. And, and anxiety is like, don't have confidence. Exactly. Like, no, he's not trustworthy. But yeah. then like anxiety, like this sin, it's, it's almost like it has power over your emotions and your ambition, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, you should pray, but anxiety has this ability to say, don't pray, but then make you not want to do it. It seeks to ruin your future. It really does. But, Here's the challenge that you and I have on a regular basis. It doesn't matter what the sin is, anxiety otherwise. You will not overcome sin until a couple of things happen. A, you acknowledge that it is sin. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you are condemned. In Christ, there's no condemnation. I mean, you and I, Craig, we've trusted in Jesus Christ by faith alone. We are sinners. We do dumb things. You, you have claustrophobia and another, a number of other weird things. I have my own junk, right? And so like, but here's the deal. In spite or despite our sins, mm-hmm. we stand uncondemned. That's right. We have anxiety in different ways and it manifests itself in different avenues. Yep, yep. My Sin anxiety that easily besets us. Absolutely. My anxiety mm-hmm. or my fill in the blank uh, does not condemn me before God because of Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 1. Right. So wherever you're at, period. To identify something as sin does not mean you're condemned. You're right. condemned if you've rejected Jesus Christ, right. not because you have anxiety. Right. So that would be number one. But number two is we have to give people a vision for what could be. The problem with somebody who has this innate propensity to anxiety is that it is almost impossible for them to envision a future yep. where anxiety is not a partner in their life. Yep, yep. This is exactly why Jesus said, these are the things Gentiles seek after. He's not calling Gentiles bad mm-hmm. and, and Jews good. He's saying that those who don't trust me, that category of people are stuck in their cells mm-hmm. and they don't know how to get out. So anxiety becomes their master or pick your favorite sin, whatever it is, becomes their master. And it's convinced them there's no getting out. But the purpose of Jesus coming here was exactly to get us out, yep. to set us free. Yep. And anxiety is included in the list of things that he will free us yep. from. There's a, a response that people have to pastors. And that is like, that really made me feel condemned, right? Which by the way, I have found sometimes pastors can be condemning. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, I don't find them to be intending to be condemning. You know, again, there are some guys who have that temperament, whatever. I don't strike, you don't strike me as that. I don't feel condemning generally as a person. I don't want to like, you're a terrible human, you know, like I want to preach grace, you know. Right, right, right. But when somebody preaches and our conclusion is they were condemning me, that is a way to not address what's really going on. Mm -hmm. It's a defense mechanism to not really address what you're doing. So you say, I didn't like the way he said it. So therefore, I don't have to deal with it, right? Or uh, somebody says, somebody confronts you on sin, right? Well, I don't like the way they said it, so I'm upset, mm. right? Well, that upset, you're not liking the way they said it. That, that's just a defense mechanism for not actually dealing with what they said it's sometimes. deflection. Deflection. Thank you. That was the word I'm yeah, looking yeah. for. I just need a smarter person. <laughs> yeah. I need bigger hair for someone to tell me. Uh, Craig has a lot more hair than everybody in the world. Um, gray. But it, you wear it well. Anyways, so— You wear yours well. Oh, thank you. It's a little <laughs> long right now, but— but my point in all this is, uh, Mike, I don't know Michael's what my point bald, is. By the way, <laughs> yeah. What are we talking about right now? <laughs> You're saying deflection. You, yeah, people yeah, have yeah, a tendency yeah, yeah, to come yeah, yeah, into a church and yeah. they'll hear something and they'll say it's yeah. because it was said this way that right. I'm not receiving it. We just all got to own that there is a yeah. powerful sin wants to protect itself at all costs. It will yep. deceive us to yep. deflect, to transfer blame, oh, to do whatever man. it can to protect itself. And what I want to what I want to say about anxiety is like. 
you know, when you go to a church, if the pastor won't call it sin, there's something wrong with the pastor, mm-hmm. you know? And if the pastor won't give you a vision for what Jesus could do in your mm-hmm. life, now the challenge is uh, that vision may be really easy for some people to get to and really, 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 really impossibly difficult for other people to get to, which is why it's all a miracle anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that God can transform a heart, that the anxious heart, like the, the guy who asked the question yesterday said his whole life he'd been anxious until he came to Christ and he genuinely gave it to the Lord. I actually watched this guy do this. Mm-hmm. It was amazing to watch his transformation. But for the person who's anxious, I just want to I want to say as a loving brother and pastor, like, don't get hung up on the way people say things. Call it what it is. Mm. Get a vision for the future. And the worse the sin, the harder it is to get out of. The deeper it is. The longer it's been inside, the, the yeah. harder it is. <laughs> and that's... That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's not condemning. It's just real. Mm-hmm. You will never be able to move to where you need to be until you rightly assess where you're at. Because the journey to that place, the deeper you are, the higher the climb. And it's going to be harder. You can't give anything away until you own it. Totally. And that's how I want to look at people and say, let the preacher call it what it is for your benefit. Mm. And, and let the Holy Spirit show you the depth of your own sin. Let him also assure you that Jesus has saved you if you've trusted in Christ and there's no condemnation. Yeah. In other words, receive the word with grace. Yeah. But that was simply a way of saying um, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for condensing it. <laughs> Shut up, feeling. Just but no, 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 no it's good. It's all good. I loved it. Um, but we should also say that every one of us is anxious. Uh, the levels of anxiousness yep. attack us differently. I'm anxious right now. Yeah. So that attitude of anxiousness isn't always a sin. When it leads you to the point where you take your eyes off of who God is, question his character, mm. don't trust him, that's when it becomes a sin. And that's why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Know your heavenly father's got this, trust him, and don't let anxiousness control you. Because if it does, you will not see what God has potential for you to be in the future. Yep. That's why we call the message. What do we call the message? Oh, well, it was a good title. Oh, I have it what right. What the in front future of me. you would always tell you. Oh, that was that was something like that. That was yeah? genius. Because <laughs> how many times have you been anxious in your life? <laughs> yeah, it was your title. Future use perspective on anxiety. There you go. Future use yes. perspective on anxiety. Yeah, it was genius. But <laughs> it was yours. <laughs> well, okay. Did we get that? I mean, I mean, you know. <laughs> but this is what the psalmist does constantly. You don't think David was anxious? On a regular basis, that guy was anxious. Did he have every reason to be? Yeah, there was a king who owned an entire army, and their sole desire was to kill him. He was anxious. But throughout the Psalms, the way he kept his heart in check and made sure that anxiousness didn't control him, and we know that it didn't because he made good, conscientious, godly decisions in his period of anxiousness. And the reason he did is because when you read the Psalms, he always looks back on his life and says, God has been good to me. God has been gracious to me. God has provided for me. God has loved me. And that's the God that he constantly referred to so that he could deal with his anxiousness today. The God of the past will keep you from being anxious in the future. So while we were recording this, speaking of anxiety, I got a, I got a text. Um, actually, a couple things came up. Literally in like the 10 or 15 minutes that we've been recording this. I knew you weren't listening. I heard everything you said. <laughs> I heard everything. Checking his I only text. agreed with half of it. <laughs> That's fine. No, but truly, like a really objectively sad circumstance. I just got a text about it, you know? Uh-huh. And basically, something's going to happen soon. And it could go really good. It could go really bad. And it's one of, you know, those volatile situations. It's going to go left or it's going to go right until you're in the moment. You don't know. And I'm not going to be in this, I'm not going to be in this meeting, but I know what's happening and it's going to, whatever. 
And so like right now I'm filled with just that like, you know. So while you were talking, truly, I, I actually did zone out for about a minute. You That's know? right. And two things went through my head. One is a scripture that just totally brought perspective. And the second was, I was like, Lord, just, you know, just a simple prayer. You know, God, would you just relieve my heart? Would you do what you need to do there? And the word of God in that just short prayer, like literally my blood pressure just went down. Mm-hmm. I was like, he's got it. He's got it. It's going to be fine. And, and either way, if it goes bad or if it goes well, it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Because if it goes bad, I've learned that things that go bad are often in the long run, they prove themselves actually to be really beneficial and mm-hmm. they show us a lot about ourselves. Things that go good, well, that's just good. But it's interesting, even as we're talking about anxiety, like my blood pressure just went up wow. and uh, I'm just like, oh, you know, but let's put it this way. I've been committed to not living an anxious life because in ministry, it'll kill you. Mm-hmm. It will just kill you. So for me, like, and I know the same for you, if we let it win, it ruins everything, right? Um, it affects our relationships, our ability to be fully present, to love people, to serve well, to preach with clarity and not- Consumes you. you. Consumes all of you. And there's too much at stake for Mm -hmm. us to be consumed with this stuff. But I want to say to this person, there's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Period. Peter, disciple of Jesus, led Jesus down constantly, contradicted the son of God on more than one occasion. (laughs) Jesus called him Satan. Satan. (laughs) No one's going to touch you. No one's going to hurt you. Shut up. So finally, his greatest was denying Jesus three times when Jesus needed him the most. And then Jesus goes to the cross and and Peter has every reason to be anxious, right? Uh, Jesus shows up on the beach, forgives him three times. We know that story in, in John, uh, John's gospel. It's how he ends his uh, gospel. Uh, Peter writes in his epistle years later, he writes in 1 Peter that we should cast all our cares upon him because he cares for us. And I think for Peter, he had every right to understand what those words really meant. He understood the weight of those words. And that's why I want to close with that passage. Because when we cast our cares on him, we are reminded constantly how much he cares for us. No better words from a man who's been through it, Peter the apostle, Peter the disciple. And no better reminder for us that if you're anxious, cast your cares upon him. He cares for you more than you could possibly know. Amen. I just literally had a totally separate other text thread come through that like filled me with anxiety about three minutes ago. <laughs> this happens all the time, doesn't it? It does. I'm just preachers, like, it's I'm like, like, what is happening? That's why I don't want to preach on bad, hard things on Sunday because I, I, I always get lots of opportunities to put it into practice before Sunday. All right. So, Michael, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Thank you. I don't mean that condescendingly. I mean, I probably really actually need to hear, like, let it go, walk away. Yeah. So come back tomorrow. We have a handful more questions on anxiety. It's almost like we poked at something when we preached. So here's the question for tomorrow. So what about saving, investing, and planning? Since birds don't store food, does that mean we shouldn't? Uh, And this is really coming again out of Jesus's um, Sermon on the Mount on anxiety and uh, not worrying about the future. And what does that mean? How far do we take this? Uh, Craig is not going to be back with us tomorrow, but Craig's going to come back uh, in uh, about a week and a half and we're going to talk about cults. Are you excited about that? I am so excited. I know. I can tell just you're chomping at the bit. Yay. (laughs) Thank you for for being here. And uh, I did say at the beginning of the week, you're going to be here. And then we changed plans literally in the middle of recording. uh, We swapped a bunch of stuff. So uh, we'll see you in uh, a week and a half. I know you're not. It'll be great. Thank you guys.